Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome everyone to episode 35 of the Social Fishing Podcast. I'm super excited to be sitting down and recording another awesome episode for you guys to enjoy. Now this one here, I am on my own. Once again, I like to do a few of these every now and then where I'm just on my own and I talk about a specific topic. Obviously at the minute, we're still in COVID restrictions, but restrictions are starting to lift, which is awesome to see. The last few weeks have been you know, very tough because you know we're getting to week four, five, six of this lockdown. Five Finally, as of last week, Victorians were allowed to fish again, which was exciting news for all Victorians. So it's great to see them getting back out there, being able to cast a lure and go out and fish. Uh, New South Wales was still allowed to fish, but there were restrictions on um, different uh, travel restrictions. So you could only fish so far. And there was a thing about uh, the New South Wales waterways being closed, but I actually did quite a bit of research into that and found out that the actual lakes themselves weren't actually closed. So they never closed so it was like a whole thing that went across social media that everyone just thought hey these lakes are closed but I was like well where are we actually seeing that so I went on the Water New South Wales website and it did say that uh, the lakes were closed to public but in their COVID response it actually said recreation areas and after a good week of emailing back and forth with Water New South Wales I finally got an answer a definite answer it was like they didn't want to tell me that the lake was open but after about four or five emails, I said, yes, the water itself is open to fishing and boating as long as you can access it via a legal access route. And the issue was that most access routes to the lakes were closed. So, all of those um, parks, all caravan parks were all closed. So, you had to get in by a legal route, uh, which made it impossible to access some waterways and actually possible to access others. So, for four or five weeks, we weren't fishing the lakes where we actually could have been. But anyway, now things are still starting to open up so for example the caravan park the the state waters park at Burrenjuk opened to daytime uh, hours so you can get out there now and over the next week or two it probably will open up completely blaring dam you can actually fish uh, the national park it runs along one side you're actually allowed to access through the national park um, and jump over and basically drive through the national park and get down to the water's edge, launch your boat and fish, completely legal to do. Um, the police pulled us up and told us that we weren't actually allowed to fish the lake and then I showed them the emails from Water New South Wales and they're like, oh, okay, we didn't know that. And then they told us to leave because we weren't allowed to cross the national park. So, the bit of land between the road and the 100% water line of the lake because once you get below the 100% line, it's actually owned by Water New South Wales. It's their land. So, when the lake's like 50%, that bit of land above the water up to where the water gets to at 100% is theirs. So, if you're allowed to fish the waterway, whatever their rules are, you can access that. But there's a strip of land that's National Park and it's Kosciuszko National Park at Blaring Dam. And because we crossed that, the police told us that we had to leave because we weren't allowed to drive over National Park. Since getting home, after that trip, um, we were just going for a scout and having a look around. We got back and I rang National Parks and they did. They told me that the parks were not closed. They were only closed in certain areas and you weren't allowed to camp or use the public toilets. So, it was a little bit disappointing but um, based on that information, um, we basically were allowed to fish it even though we were told we weren't. So, just be careful out there because you still may get fined by police because there's a lot of uncertainty around all the rules and if you want to know more about that whole thing around COVID, you can jump on and I wrote an email, there's an email that I sent out. So, just jump on, um, if you're not already, jump on the social fishing website and subscribe to our email list or sign up to that freshwater mini series because in that we'll, you'll get added to the email list and I send updates like this and all sorts of different information. So that's that guys but let's jump into this episode, episode 35. I just wanted to give you though initially an update on the COVID stuff. Now this episode, <clears throat> what we did is we actually got a message from um, somebody, we got a message from uh, one of our followers, Hamish, who asked a question about fishing in the dark and he says, oh, we talk all the time about catching big fish in the dark but to me it's a very... 
to him, it was a very tough process to get his head around. And then I myself thought back to when I started doing this, and it is, it's a very scary and overwhelming thing to try and fish in the dark and can be very difficult. So, it was almost like a question he'd asked us, but I believe I can do a whole episode on this topic because it is very important. So, in this episode, what we're going to do, what I'm going to do is jump in and talk about fishing in the dark and I'm going to cover a lot of different things. So, as a summary to see if you'll be interested in this episode, I'm going to be talking about fishing at night, why we do it, the mindset that you have to have because that is very important, understanding or knowing the waterway. So, you need to know the waterway you're fishing. I'm going to talk a bit about technology that will help you in the dark, a little bit about your equipment, uh, having a plan for the night which is critical, the technique you'd use in the night um, when targeting big cod. So, this uh, this fishing in the dark can be applied to anything. I'm going to touch a little bit on rivers and a little bit on lakes but mainly lakes because because rivers are pretty straightforward and then this can be for targeting golden perch, cod, trout, whatever species you prefer but most of the times I'm going to be relating to cod because majority of you guys out there, majority of listeners target cod and it's one of the most popular styles of fishing is targeting big cod in the dams at night so that's going to be my reference but these tips and techniques, uh, these tips and all the things I cover, you can apply to all of those different species. So that's basically it. Without further ado, guys, let's jump into this episode, episode 35, Fishing in the Dark. Welcome back to the episode, guys. Now, like I said, it's Fishing in the in the dark. Now, Hamish sent through this question. So, I'm going to run over the question with you. Now, he asked, this is what he said. He said, it was just a message he sent to me after he was listening to one of our podcast episodes. And he said, you guys talk a lot about catching big fish at night. But from my understanding, fishing at night isn't that easy. And he's totally right. I've done it once and found it quite challenging. Not being able to see, sort of casting into the darkness is something I just can't get my head around. Is there any chance you guys could do a chat on fishing at night? Just covering torches, equipment, driving in impoundments at night. So, Hamish, once again, thank you for sending this through because it gives us an idea of what we need to talk about, more things that we need to talk about. Because what I do, is my I try my best to talk about things in this podcast that relate to you guys and say it and explain it in a way that help you guys and I believe we do that quite well but then again, there's things that we miss at times and obviously over the episodes, we've been talking about fishing at night but I've never even thought to myself, well, hang on, let's go back to basics of how to do it because it's a tough technique as Hamish has mentioned. Now, I love how he said there that he just can't get his head around casting into the darkness. Now, I'm going to go back to when I started doing this and I remember my first night trip to, uh, it was blaring and I was full on scared. I was only young but there was two of us. We were both young and I was, you know, was not comfortable out there. I was scared. It was windy, couldn't see what we were doing and to me, this was like a whole new world and I was like, no, nah, this is not fun. Like, I can't see anything. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't see the bank, it's windy, we're in a boat, there's water all around us. I'm like, nah, this is this is not cool. But we end up pushing through. So luckily I had a mate there. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, let's just keep going, we'll work this out. And over time you get used to it. So first of all, you get used to it, and then your confidence builds when you start working out different techniques and putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And then once your confidence is there, you start getting fish. So the why I want to start with why we fish at night. So to jump in, and I've got all these little topics to touch on, but why do we do it? It's quite simple, really. When it comes to cod in particular, it's because we get more fish because the fish are more active at night. They hunt at night. So we've seen cod in the daylight. Now I highly recommend, and you probably already listened to the episode prior to this one with Clint Hansel. Now Clint. And I, well, Clint mainly touched on sighting fish in the daytime, doing weird things, but they, everything, they're just cruising around and they're not feeding at all. I've seen it myself too. I was up there up at Blaring because Blaring's quite clear. So you can actually see the fish at times. You can learn a little bit from it. And we saw a big cod. He was well over 120 and he was cruising around this log. Uh, the water was crystal clear and we pulled up the boat against the bank. The log was only in a meter of water at one end. Actually, it was less. His back breached the water coming around one end of the log and then he'd swim down. It was probably a meter and a half at the bottom and he'd swim around it and he'd cruise back up and he'd back would come out and he'd go back around, around, around. And we just stayed really still. If he had seen us, he would have spooked. But we just watched him. 
And I don't know what he was doing. I, I don't have no idea what he was doing. I actually captured a bit of footage from this fish on GoPro that I posted years and years and years ago. It's on YouTube. I think it's about, it's called a, like a big free-swimming Murray Cod in Blaring Dam. It, it's not the greatest footage, but you can see the fish just cruising around the log. And at one stage there, he cruised past the one end of the log and a good school of about 20 or 30 redfin were just swimming around the log too and they just cruised past each other. So the cod just swam past these redfin, no care in the world. It's like they were both living on the log happily. He was The cod was not in a feeding mood. If this was a different time of day or if the cod was switched on and feeding, those redfin would want to watch out. So it's a big thing. The cod in the impoundments, especially clearer impoundments, they in the daylight and in 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 a lot of scenarios when the lights up, they're not feeding. They will not be triggered to feed. Their feeding times are in those low light periods because to them, if they try to eat something in the day, and they will do it, but if they are switched on and using energy to hunt in the day, the fish can see them coming. So they're wasting their energy. So they don't even bother at all. They totally switch off feeding. And that's why in that previous episode, Clint said he has cast lures at cod and they swim around the lure in the daytime and continue on their path. They do not, even if it looks identical to their food, they ignore it. And this isn't all the time, but this is majority of the time. So the low light periods are when the fish will come on the chew and when they will be in that feeding zone because the low, the light is low and they can use less energy to get their food. So low light is really good because they can see a little bit so they can use a bit of their sight to hunt. But then again, the night time as well because they have such good lateral lines and sensitivity like they have, they can sense things so well through their lateral line, through vibrations that they hunt in the dark because what they're eating can't see them coming, especially when they cruise very slowly, get within, you know, a foot or two foot of the, the food that they're feeding on, they just open their mouth and the, whatever they're trying to eat just gets sucked down their gob. So that's why we fish at night. But now we, we as anglers have that challenge, obviously, and this is all obvious, you guys all know this, we have this challenge of now having to fish without our vision. So we can't see. So our biggest sense when it comes to fishing, and I would say our biggest sense is sight and the other the other senses feel, we lose our sight. Sometimes we have a tiny bit of sight when it comes to a full moon and full moons can help quite a lot, but I wouldn't just limit your fishing to the full moon. So when I was growing up and empowerment fishing was big, all you heard of was people trolling around the full moon. That was it. People never went on a new moon. It was dark. You didn't go. You only went around the full moon, leading up to the full moon, and you trolled. And that's all you did. Now, fishing has come a long way since then. And now, we are doing things like casting on new moons, the total opposite. But it isn't easy. It's far from easy. So, the biggest thing, the biggest tip for you, Hamish, and everyone else out there is your mindset. Now, your big, mindset is the biggest thing anyway when targeting cod, um, even goldens, even trout. When you're going out freshwater fishing, freshwater fishing is not easy and you've got to have the, the right mindset. Now, you have to be not, it's not necessarily confident at the start, but you have to have the mindset of pushing through. So, you just got to try. So, first of all, I'm going to run through a whole heap of different techniques and tips which you're going to get a lot more benefit from, but just remember that you have to have the mindset and the willingness to give it a go and keep pushing through because even if I give you all these tips, you're still going to have your first trip out, there's still going to be rubbish and you're going to feel like it was a total waste and your lure was barely in the water and that you struggled but do it again, you might struggle a little bit less. Do it again, do it again and slowly you'll struggle less and then you'll work it out. So you want to, you want to make sure you go out and say, right, we're going to give this a crack, I'm going to try it. Now, Technique-wise, I'm going to touch on techniques later on, but you've got casting and trolling and just as a summary, trolling is a lot easier. So, if you're new to night fishing, just troll to start with. Get your head around the impoundments, the sounds out there, uh, your depth of water, particularly the lake you're fishing because trolling is much easier. You can just follow a bank, follow the edge of a bank, follow your sounder um, and it is it is much easier to fish. Even casting, sometimes I struggle. I go, I feel like we're not in the right spot and things like that. Whereas trolling is a much easier starting option. So you can start with that first. Now, I'm going to touch on your techniques later and how you do it. But what I want to move on to now is understanding or knowing your waterway. So this is critical to have confidence. So 
I would not recommend going to a new lake and fishing in the dark. Um, even if you did go to a new lake, you want to make sure you get there and get a good look around in the daylight and then fish it in the dark. But even then, I myself would struggle. I would struggle if I was to... So, I've fished Eildon quite a few times. Um, so, I would know my way around there a little bit. But if I was to go, say, fish Wyangala, I've never fished it before. If I was to fish it in the dark, I would get up there at lunchtime, have a look around and then maybe fish it in the dark. Uh, but I would struggle. I myself would struggle because I don't know the lake. So... If, it, if I was new to the lake, I'd stay somewhere close to the boat ramp. Um, I'd really take, have a keen eye on any standing trees for, for danger in navigating. Um, I have a sounder that I can use a path on, so I would set a path from the boat ramp and leaving. And this is something you should do anyway. If you have a sounder that has GPS, I would set a path and a pin from where the boat ramp is. Now, I, I forget to do it every time I head out at Blaring, but we know I know that lake quite well that I don't need to do it. But any other lake or if you're new to this and if you do have the technology, do do it. But I will touch on the technology later. But you just need to understand or know your water. So basically is visualizing or not visualizing, but seeing the waterway in the daylight. So that's the first critical thing is seeing it and remembering it. Now, some people, and it depends on people, everyone's different. Some people have a really good visual memory and other people don't. It's just how we're all wired pretty much. People, you know, you might learn through numbers. You might be great with numbers. You might be great with, you know, literacy. Some people have a great visual mind and we're all different. Now, in this circumstance, and I believe in fishing, having a great visual memory is really, really important. Well, not important, but it helps a lot. And I think that's why I do enjoy fishing so much because when we grew up as kids, we'd catch a fish on a log in the bidgee and I would remember it and I still remember them. I don't remember exactly what size it was. I had a mate who was really good with numbers and he could tell me the sizes of fish that we caught for the whole day and he could still recall them now but he couldn't remember exactly where we caught them on our way back to the boat ramp. So, visually, it helps so much because you can picture the waterway, you know, where you're going, you know, which structure to fish, you know, what a bank would look like at roughly a certain height. So, for myself in Blaring, I have this map of Blaring in my mind and what the banks look like at certain heights and what this does is it helps for navigating in the dark and it helps for knowing or remembering where you sort of are in the dark because when it's dark, you have no idea where you are based on what you can see. But what you want to do is you want to picture that area from earlier in the day when you looked at it. So, really take note during the day and in light periods of what different banks do, even small things like small standing trees here and there, points, how deep the point come out, how shallow it was and these will help you in positioning the boat and casting to the right area. So, that's just one thing. Just understand your waterway. The more you understand it, the better you will become at night fishing. So, success in night fishing, I believe, is so much easier in a waterway that you fish all the time. So, if you have a lake that you visit regularly, you're going to get have better success in the dark there than you will somewhere else. And that's just, it goes for fishing in the day too, but in night, so much more. I just want to take a quick break from this episode to talk to you guys about the Ignite Cod Fury. Now, if you've followed us for some time, you will see that we love these plastics. Now, what I love, what Ignite have done is they've designed a plastic specifically for chasing Murray Cod because a lot of plastics and swim baits out there are designed for American fish, European fish and their markets, bass, pike, things like that. And then they're just brought over here and used for cod and they're not always ideal. Whereas this plastic, what I love is it's been designed for big cod. It's, a lot of lures have um, the patterns that work here, but this lure itself has been designed for casting in big impoundments for big fish. And I really love how they work. I've, I've used them for some time and I just, I can't go past using one. It's caught me more big fish than any other plastic and they just work so well. Now they're available on the social fishing store. We do have them in stock and we also rig them. So for those of you who don't know, we rig um, these plastics specifically for different scenarios and we had a massive demand for people wanting us to rig them. So we've rigged them for you guys and they're up there. Now, what I love is they don't come rigged. So, it allows you to customize them however you wish. A lot of um, lures do come with internal weights and hooks straight out of the packet ready to go. That's great. It's super easy, super simple. But if you want to use it for a different situation, if you want to fish it shallower or deeper than it can go, 
it's kind of limited. Whereas with this, it comes as a line through plastic. So not many plastics are lined through. So you can actually push the line through the nose, comes with an internal weight that you can slot in. You don't have to use it. And it comes with a, a BKK treble hook at the front. And you can fish it straight like that and it works really well. Problem is the one hook under the belly on such a big lure, you can miss fish. So we rigged them we add a bit more weight too. We rigged them with jig heads. We put certain um, tied up braid on the hooks and run them internally inside the bodies, put hooks in the back, swinging hooks on the front, um, all sorts of different combinations to help with hookups. Now, we've created plenty of videos on why we create these and what we do, but you can learn more about the Ignite Cod Fury um, on store.socialfishing.com.au. So jump on that or you can jump on our main social fishing site, scroll down and you'll see this, the link to the store and then go and find the Ignite Cod Furies. They come unrigged, you can buy them unrigged, and you can also get them rigged. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about this um, right now is because we're coming into big cod time. The COVID uh, is all starting to lift, so it's time to get out there and start chasing big cod again. And what better lure to use than the Cod Fury? They work really well. I have complete confidence in them. So go check them out. And you can also check out and learn more about them at ignite.com.au. So that's the Ignite Cod Fury. I want to thank Ignite for sponsoring this episode. It's great to see some sponsors jumping on board and sponsoring our episodes and helping us create more content for you guys. So go check them out. That's the Ignite Cod Fury. Now, let's jump back into the episode. Now, in terms of technology, some things that can help you. You've got two critical things. So two key things. First one is your sounder. So sounder, you, you can't do it without a sounder. I'm sorry, but you just cannot do it. You, you, I don't even know how you can fish in the dam in the day without a sounder. So the main thing, the main part of the sounder, you don't need all the fancy stuff. You just at least need to know the depth. So if you have a sounder that shows you depth, that is a good starting point because then you can use it. It is your gauge for where you need to be. So if your plan for the night is to fish in a certain depth, you can make sure you stay in the depth that's just a little bit deeper so that you can be casting into where you need to be fishing or you can be trolling at that same depth. So in the dark, if you're trolling, right, and you've got a steep bank and then it comes out flat and then it goes steep again, well, if you just watch your sounder, you can go, well, this bank we're like right against and I'm in six meters of water and then as you troll and it comes up to three, you're like, right, oh, we need to swing out wide because the bank's getting shallower. So that way you can follow the depth and the contour that you want to be basically trolling at. So a lot of the times you just follow your sounder. So that's for trolling and then for casting, same deal. You've seen the spot in the day, you've had a bit of a look over in the day, you've used your sounder in the day, you know what it looks like. Then at night, just follow your sounder and make sure you sit at that right depth that you want to be fishing. And obviously, the depth changes from summer to winter. We talk about it, we've talked about it in all sorts of different scenarios in the podcast, in our videos, in articles. Those depths, you know, summer you're deeper, winter you're shallower, depending on what's going on. But you want to pick your depth and follow your sounder to sit at the depth. So depth, um, sorry, sounders just with depth is basically all you need as a starting point. That's all I used to have and it worked for me. Obviously, now in this day and age, if you're looking getting a new sounder or if you have one, one that has side imaging will help you because it will help you scan up fish or structure or, or rocky areas that are out right and out left. So, It'll actually help you determine where there's good structure under the water. Now, it does that in the day as much as it does in the night. Um, so, it's not really much more beneficial in the night than it is in the day. But a side imaging will give you those different structures. But also, um, a lot of sounders have navigation on them. So, a, a handy tip is to have a sounder with navigation. Put a pin for where your boat ramp is. And then go for a drive and have a look at a couple of key spots that you want to have a look at or that you want to fish. And what you do earlier in the day, so this is if you're fishing a lake you're new to or you don't know a heap about, but if you're fishing and you know the lake, you can get up there just a couple of hours before and go from the boat ramp, put a pin, drive a safe route to that first spot. So go nice and wide or away from, you know, timber or anything and go straight to where you're going to go, put a pin at that spot and then maybe drive to your other spot and put a pin, right? And then now you can follow that route back and follow the next route back all the way back to the boat ramp safely. So that way you're following exactly where you basically drove prior and that way you've got a safe route back to where you come from. That's pretty pretty self-explanatory. Um, a lot of people, a lot of you guys out there would already use that and it's very, very handy. So basically it gives you safe navigation in the dark. Now, 
The other thing uh, is Google Maps. I love Google Maps on my phone for navigating in the dark. I have a sounder. I have those tracks and things like that on mine um, and I actually still use Google Maps because that what it does is it's actually quite accurate even in places with little service. You still need some service. So, if you're totally off the beaten track, no service at all, it's probably not going to help you at all, unfortunately. But a lot of the lakes, um, for example, Blaring, the whole Blaring, um, a fair bit of Burrinjuk, nearly all of Burrinjuk, you can use uh, basically Google Maps on your phone and what you do is you basically just get it up, get up Google Maps, not the maps, um, I don't know what Android is but on an iPhone, don't get up the standard maps, get up Google Maps and put the satellite um, layer on, so turn off the maps layer and put the satellite layer on and what it does is it'll give you the lake and it gives you a pin and it's very accurate. So, what I do in the dark, now a lot of people are different um, and a lot of lakes are different but this is how we navigate in Blaring. Because I know the lake, um, 90% of the time, there's nothing floating. So, if we've had a really quick rise or a big influx of water, there might be some floating timber around and this is when I'll be a little bit more careful but majority of the time, it's fine um, and say we haven't had that rain, say it's a new moon, full moon, whatever it is, in blaring, I will get that up on my phone um, when we're leaving because we never head out in the dark or we do in the morning session. So, if we're heading out in the morning session or if we're coming home in the night session, I'll get Google Maps up on my phone. I will, you know, see where we are, make sure we're in a safe spot because I know the lake, I know what depth I'm in and I know if there's any islands around or anything like that. Um, this is why it helps to know or to understand what you're doing and I just go a little bit wider into deeper water or down the main basin of the lake and I go full fang, probably not quite full pelt depends on how I'm feeling but I've it's safe because the waterway is clear, make sure you have your navigation lights on, keep checking to make sure there's no, no other boats around, a lot of the times it's quite empty when we're traveling and follow Google Maps on your phone. So, I keep looking between the Google Map and my sounder screen and sort of just ahead. We don't run a torch really much at all until we're sort of getting closer to the bank. I get whoever I'm with up the front to just hold. I've got a bright, it's basically a bike torch. It's tiny and it come off. It sits on the front of a bike, super bright. Um, you can also get just proper big battery operated spotlights and you just don't shine them sitting in the boat. Get your mate to hold it over the side of the boat so that the light doesn't bounce off the boat um, and shine it forward. So, we only use that really at the very end as we're getting close to the bank and I'm not actually quite sure where the car is or where the bank is. Um, if I have put a pin on the map when I'm leaving, I probably wouldn't even need to do that either. But because Blaring has no standing trees, it's very open and clear, it's safe to drive without a light and just drive straight down the middle of the lake. Because what a light does um, is it, it helps, but it, it doesn't really do all that much. And especially on a new moon, you can actually, I mean, a full moon, sorry, when it's bright, you can still see a bit. So on a full moon, when I'm looking at the phone, I just turn it or turn it off or, or turn it down so that then my eyes can adjust in the full moon. You can actually see quite a lot but as soon as you stare at your phone screen, your eyes um, will basically let in the light from that phone screen and you can't see what's going on where out in the darkness whereas if you let your eyes adjust, you can actually see quite a lot. So, in the blaring, it's clear, it's open. I know the lake. I will just drive without a torch. If I was fishing in a different lake, for example, like we went to uh, Windermere and we were with Murray, Murray knew the lake, we didn't. Um, if we were on our own, it would have been a lot longer trip home but we didn't go super fast coming home because there's a lot of standing trees at the height that we were at coming through the basin. So, there were certain areas where we could go quicker because he knew that we could go quicker but I also realized that too during the day as we were driving up going, right, this section here is a clear path where we can drive faster. So, what we did on the way home there is we followed the sound out, we followed the depth, I followed my phone to make sure I was in the middle of the lake and then we also went not too quick, we weren't on the plane much at all um, and we had the torch out the front just to look for standing trees. So, standing trees there were in clusters so we'd be clear for a while and then we'd start to see the standing trees and we'd just make sure we go either side of the standing trees. So, that's how we navigate in the dark. Navigating in the dark is probably the toughest part but if you're new to it, just don't go too far away from the boat ramp. Stay fairly close to the boat ramp. Pick a bank that's not far away. If you don't have GPS on your sounder, if you do, track a line to the spot. If you don't have GPS on your sounder, 
use Google Maps on your phone, download Google Maps and use it on your phone for when you're heading back to the boat ramp and even um, take note of where you actually launched on the screen because sometimes the lake could be 30%. So, it could look like you launched on the water based on the satellite shot, but just see where you launched roughly um, and then on your way back, just when you're getting close to the where you were, just start to shine a light around. But I don't shine a light around unless I'm getting close to the edge or if you're in an area with lots of standing trees. So in Blairing, it's quite safe. Most other lakes have a lot of standing timber and things like that. So it can be a little bit more difficult uh, to navigate in the dark. But on a, on a full moon, it's quite easy to get around the lake. You can see quite a lot. Um, but obviously, be careful driving around. Um, Blair is probably the only one of the only places or some big basins on some of the lakes where it can be safe to drive flat out basically in the dark. Um, a torch really isn't going to help you when you're going super fast um, unless you've got standing trees and you just want to make sure, yeah, it's quite dangerous if you were to hear a standing tree going fast. So, just use common sense. But that's how we navigate in the dark. Now, another way, um, another thing I want to talk about with navigating is your equipment. So, as I just mentioned, lights, torches, all different things that you know that you need. You don't need a whole heap. Your sound is one piece of equipment as I touched on. Your other thing is a torch. So like I said, I have a battery, I charge it. Um, it's a battery chargeable. It's, it's a light off a bike. Um, it's a bike torch pretty much. It's tiny. That's why I've got it. Um, I would myself... Probably, it's probably worth investing in, say, a, a better spotlight. I actually do have um, another spotlight that you plug into the cigarette socket. So, it's a big spotlight that usually goes on the top of a car. It's magnetic and I can just magnetize it to the front of the boat but it was super expensive and I use it for my filming. I've got it mounted at the back. It's remote controlled so we can turn it left and right, up and down and turn it on and off with a remote. So, when we're fishing in the dark, I actually turn it on so that you can capture the footage. We've got the camera rolling but we've got this light that turns on instantly and it's super bright. So, that's what that's for but that's a big spotlight that we could use for navigating in the dark and uh, a big bright spotlight like that allows you to go quicker in a lake with lots of trees because it is quite safe because you can see the trees from a long, long way away. But I recommend just getting um, a, a high-powered battery torch. So, I've got this little bike torch but you can get there's other ones out there that's just get a spotlight um, rechargeable or battery either or but when you do shine it, just make sure your mate is either leaning out the front of the boat or out the side and holding it out in a way so that it's not bouncing off the boat. If it bounces off the boat and comes back at you, you can't see anything. So, a torch is handy for driving around the lake but I would only use the torch, say we're heading out, right? Say we're heading out for a morning session, I would avoid using the torch full stop. Um, if we're driving across the lake, uh, I'd want to know where I'm going. I'd want to be fishing a lake that I knew and I would avoid the torch at all costs because shining a light around bounces that far across the lake, it's ridiculous and it will spook fish when you're coming into an area. So, this is something I forgot to touch on I, I, and this is why I barely use a torch. I'll use a torch if we're heading home. We've fished all night, we're done, I'm heading home. That's the first time I'll pull it out. So, if we're going out for a night session, we'll be out on the water, we'll be fishing our spot you know, we might fish a spot for two hours, it's dark now, let's go to our next spot. I will try to avoid shining the torch at all when moving from one spot to the next. Usually, you pick spots that are quite close together. So, I'll go from one spot to the next, next, next and then when I head home, then I'll use the torch sort of at the end when I'm getting close to the boat ramp. If I don't need the torch, I won't use it. If I'm heading out in the morning session, don't try not to shine the torch at all. The, what you need to do is you need to be as natural as possible and not spook fish. Fish are very spooky, especially big cod. So, avoid and you'll be surprised, you know, you think, oh, the bank's still 500 meters away. That light shines that far, it's ridiculous and it will bounce through the water and penetrate. So, what I do is I don't shine the light uh, as, as much as I can. I try to avoid shining the light. Even when coming in, I'll know the spot we're going to as we come in, I'll watch the sounder as it starts to come up shallower and shallower till we hit a depth. Say we're fishing, we want to fish six meters. When we hit about 12 meters, I'll pull up on a flat bank and then I'll just electric in the last couple of hundred meters. So, that's a super handy tip for fishing. This is for fishing in the dam full stop, but for fishing in the dark, um, yeah, do not drive right up to your spot, pull up and start casting. Drive up, pull up, use your electric motor to go in closer to the bank, then start fishing because you just 
going to give yourself that much better chance to not spook them so then you can catch more fish. It's a massive mistake people make. So, I see people driving around the lake, just cruising slowly, moving from one spot they're fishing to the next, shining a spotlight left and right, left and right everywhere and, you know, even myself, I'm just fishing 200 meters away and you got this light going everywhere. It's not good. It spooks fish. So, not only are you spooking your own fish that you're trying to catch, you're ruining it for everyone else. So, drive around, just drive slowly and follow your sounder. If you're driving slowly, you're following your sounder, you're not going too far apart and like I said, in the daylight, have a look around. So, if there's lots of standing trees, you'll be able to see the standing, you'll know that this area has standing trees, you'll be able to go slowly and maybe shine a dim torch just straight ahead but not down into the water, shine it up so that you're not spooking fish in that area. But if you're leaving that area and you've done fishing that spot, then obviously shine the torch away as much as you want as long as there's no one else fishing that area. Um, Now, when you are actually fishing, so I want to talk about now how we use the torches when we are fishing. We don't use, as I said, we don't use them when we're trying to get out to a spot. We don't, I don't use them at all. Now, if you're trolling, the only time I would use a torch, right? When we're trolling and you want to see how far away the bank is and how steep it is, shine it straight up and shine it up at the bank and you'll get a very dim glow, the very last bit of the light will hit sort of lower on the bank. So, your main beam, shine it straight up not straight up, but up on an angle to the bank and it should be able to, should be able to just make out the very water line without shining direct light on it. And this way, you're shining very little light close to the water's edge and you're going to spook less fish. So, that's how I... Because don't forget when you're trolling, if you were to shine the light, you've shined it before the lures got to it and you're probably spooking fish in that area. So, avoid shining your lights directly on the water. Same thing when I'm casting. If we're, if we're casting, I'll shine it up. So, shine up and high. Now, I've got a head torch that you can change the beam from wide to narrow. I'll leave it on narrow and I dim it right down. You need a dimmable head torch and just shine it very narrow and high if you need to. And the times you'll only need to do that is when you have no moon. If you've got a little bit of moon, you should be able to see what you're doing. But if you've got no moon and you really want to just make out the bank, just shine a very dim torch up high on the bank so that you don't spook the fish. So, that goes for both casting and trolling. Now, when you're in the boat, Walk very light-footed and if you have a head torch and you're tying a knot or doing something or looking for something, make sure it's dim and shine it in the boat. So, if I'm tying a knot, I will sit in the bottom of the boat and shine it. Just I will turn my head down and I will tie it low. I will not stick my head up. I will not get any light on the water at all. And if you want to check your lure, so a lot of the times you'll have to check it, see if it's got weed on it or things like that. What I like to do is hold it up into the moonlight and try and see it with the moonlight or hold it in front of the sounder screen if you can to see it or get down in the bottom of the boat and shine it. Do not turn the head torch on with your lure just sitting right in front of you and have your beam of your torch hit your lure and then hit the water where you're casting. You, you, to you, you, re, you think, yeah, it's harmless, like pff, it didn't do anything. But you know, that next cast could have landed you a huge fish and now that fish was spooked, you never catch it. You might not think you've done anything wrong, but as soon as you start doing it the right way, you'll just see how many more fish you catch. And if you're someone who happens to do that, just take it's not you're not it's not because you're doing anything wrong, but just try now to think about these things when you're out on the water. And you're obviously listening to this podcast because you want to know more about how to do all this and how to fish and how to give yourself more chance of catching a big fish. So just try and do these things and it will help quite a lot. So next of all, we're going to touch on uh, a few techniques and things like that. So we've already covered the technology, the equipment, how to use the equipment, how to shine your head torches, where to shine your lights, um, and obviously Google Maps and sounders are are key bits of technology. Now, one other piece of equipment that does help just before I move on to techniques, which I just forgot to touch on, was your electric motor. Now, uh, electric motors in the dark. Now, I've fished for uh, however many years. And I've used one, it's always been foot control um, and I've never had spot lock. And fishing in the dark, um, it wasn't hard, uh, but if we had a windy night, um, it took a lot of concentration for me to drive. Now, 
I've drove, driven a lot on electric motors um, and, I, and I love doing it and I love making sure we're in the right spot and I always position the boat as critically perfect as possible and in the day, even when you've got a bit of a breeze, it's easy to see if you're going backwards or forwards uh, because you can relate to the bank so you can see that you're starting to drift back and I'll just notch it up a bit and just be moving just quick enough to go through the current while we're working a bank. Now, in the dark, no matter how good you are at driving, it's impossible to, to keep yourself slowly going forward and I find myself, uh, when it was glassed out, I was totally fine. I could do it. Um, I could put ourselves in the right spot and move at the right speed but in in a bit of wind in the dark, um, it was basically impossible to make sure we were always going forward and the only way I could tell was by continually looking at my Google Maps um, unless we had a full moon but a lot of the times we didn't and as I continually looked at my Google Maps and I'm like, hang on, we've just drifted backwards because I'm trying to drive us forward. Driving with the foot pedal in the dark can be quite difficult and the last six months I've had spot lock and obviously we haven't done much fishing in the last few months but I've done a couple of trips with it and it's made a fair bit of difference, actually a lot of difference fishing in the dark when it's windy. So, if you are in the market for for an electric motor or if you are looking at trying to upgrade your quality of fishing, um, trying to chase these bigger cod in the impoundments, fishing in the dark, you want to be better at it and you, especially if you're still learning, I do highly recommend maybe getting an electric motor with spot lock. It will help quite a lot. So, what it'll allow you to do is allow you to concentrate on your fishing, especially if you're trying to drive a boat in the dark, trying to learn how to fish in the dark and cast and you're like, just what is going on? Like it just, this isn't working. And I understand it can be super hard. Even myself, when there's a bit of a breeze, I'm trying to drive, your fishing goes out the window while you're trying to cast and drive at the same time. Um, so until you get really, really, really experienced on an electric motor and understanding you know, where you need to position the boat, it can be handy to have spot lock in the breeze. So, what you can do is you can fish a bank, get to the right depth, spot lock, do three, four, five casts yourself. Your mate does the same amount, unspot lock, let yourself drift with the wind or go into the wind a little bit depending on which way you're working along the bank. Um, get to a spot maybe five, six, seven meters, you know, up or down, spot lock again, bang, do your cast, fan them out. And because you're not constantly cruising along the bank, you don't have to use the diagonal forward casting technique that we talk about uh, in the complete guide series. You don't have to do that to make sure your lure swims right because you're not moving. You can just fan your cast, cover the whole water, cover the water you just drove past that you didn't quite cast to. Once you covered it, then move along a little bit more, spot lock, bang, do your cast. So that's where it has helped me a lot is especially in really windy conditions. Now, what used to happen is when we were fishing a point that was blown by wind, so if the wind was smashing into a point, it used to be impossible for me as the driver to fish um, because I'd have to drive the boat and I'd be facing the wrong way to cast. You'd have to cast down the back of the boat, past the back of the boat and I was trying to drive and the motor was going the other way. So, it almost made it, it was almost impossible to fish effectively like that and I never being the driver caught a fish doing that and I actually steered away from fishing the points that were blown by a heavy wind, especially in the dark. Um, because it was just so difficult to fish. But now what I can do is when the wind is blowing straight into a point or into a bay, I can now spot lock and walk down the back of the boat with whoever I'm fishing with and cast away, do a fan um, on the remote, you know, move the boat to the next spot, spot lock it and that way I can fish that wind blown point. So, spot lock will help you a lot, especially if you are new to fishing in the dark. Um, because you don't have to worry about making sure the boat is in the right position. So, you can just... It's a much easier way to fish. Fish, spot lock, move along. If you haven't got wind, um, it doesn't really make much of a difference at all. And I much prefer to fish in no wind at all, but it doesn't always happen like that. Uh, but yeah, if you are new to fishing in the dark, I would highly recommend trying to pick nights that are very calm and still because it will give you... Uh, it's a lot... What's the word? It's a lot more... It's a lot more forgiving. A night without wind is so much more forgiving. Um, it allows you to give you more time to cast, to do your retrieves, to concentrate on what you're doing, to sit in a spot and work it properly. Once you've got wind, 
uh, can make it very difficult and you can get blown around a lot quicker than you think. So that's just spot lock um, and it does help quite a lot. You're obviously looking at a bit more money if you don't have that technology. You don't have to get it, but it's just an option to think about depending on how serious you are at getting into this this dark fishing, fishing in the night and, and having success in the night. Now, like I said earlier, you also want to have a plan for the night and you want to plan to have or fish banks that are in close proximity to each other. So pick two or three banks, get to the lake a few hours early or if you know the lake, it doesn't matter, still pick them in your head. Obviously, this will change based on wind but pick a couple of banks close to each other um, and even if it's two, if you're just into this, just starting out, just pick two, two decent banks that are a good length, fish one and then move to the next one, fish it and then that might be your night done, maybe go back to the other one or maybe have a third one that's close by um, and fish them close to each other and don't fish too far away from the boat ramp if you are new to this style of fishing or if you're in a lake uh, that will take you quite a long time to navigate with standing trees and that. The other thing you can do is you can camp out on many lakes. So basically get to where you want to go. And a lot of times we do this too because a lot of lakes have too much timber, have way too much water to cover. So we just take the swags in the boat, we fish a bank, fish the next bank and depending on where we end up, we roll the swags out and then we can fish uh, the morning session in that really good spot as well and we don't have to worry about driving back to the boat ramp because it can take time to get back to the ramp especially in lakes that have standing trees and bits of dangerous things that you know you just don't want to hit in the dark. So make sure you have a plan for the night. Now, in terms of techniques, so we've probably touched on these quite a bit uh, about fishing in the dark in podcasts, in articles and things like that. Two techniques, you've got your trolling, your casting. I already touched on trolling. You pick your depth, you follow your depth, you follow your sounder. Without a sounder, you're going to really struggle. You don't even need a super good quality sounder. Get a cheap one for a couple hundred bucks that will tell you the depth. Follow the depth and make sure you keep your lures in that same depth. And obviously, as it gets shallower, it means you're going to have to turn further out into deeper water and that's your navigation you're not not going to need to shine your torch around too much at all um so that's basically a handy tip so just follow your sound and now before we just jump into techniques i just thought of something if you are new to this try and fish before a full moon now if you are a member i've just written a guide on moon phases inside the membership um if you jump on and check that out if you haven't seen it already if you are a member I touch on moon phases and what they all mean and what's the best and when they rise and understanding it properly. But just a real quick touch on the moon phases, fish before a full moon because you have light. So from 60% to 100%, um, is probably the best before the full moon because it gives you good light when you head out for a night session. Uh, if you're fishing a morning session, fish from 100 to 60% after the full moon because you're going to have good light uh, then. And a bit of light helps you see a standing tree that's starting to come up when you're trolling um, to make sure you don't run into it and things like that. But when you're trolling, it's not too dangerous. Even if you do bump into a tree or a rock or something, it's okay because you're only going nice and slow. So trolling is pretty straightforward. Um, now, when you cast, casting, like Hamish said in the question, casting is out into the darkness, not knowing what I'm doing, you know, you don't feel confident. So, what you want to do, um, it depends on the lake, it depends on the spot in terms of the structure of fish. Uh, I would recommend against fishing super steep banks in the dark. I've done it and I've done it with success and I've also done it and done it with failure quite a lot. The successful times um, was when it was calm. Um, obviously, it's probably a little bit different now. I could probably do it in the wind with the spot lock. But when it was calm, the boat didn't move around that much. Um, it stayed in the right distance from the bank and we worked out how far our cast needed to be. Uh, we had a little bit of moon as well and we were able to get the cast right against the bank and allow them to sink. But if you're not getting them within three meters of the edge on a super steep bank, it's just swinging in open water. Um, it's probably not ideal. So, stoop, try, try and avoid, sorry, try and avoid fishing the super steep rocky banks, um, like Burrenjuk has quite a lot of them, Blaring has a couple, not many. Try and fish ones that have a little bit more angle to them, um, either flat, you can fish flat banks in the dark, flat banks are really good for big, big fish, um, but try and fish those, you know, those just those medium sort of sloping banks, because that way, even if your cast is slightly short, you just allow it to sink and it will still hit the bottom and it'll still get down into the zone. So what I like to do, depending on the time of year, you could fish anywhere from four meters down to eight or nine meters. Um, so sit the boat, sit the boat in a full cast distance from the bank. It's a pretty good rule. So 
and and this is why you need to see the lake in the daytime so you can see how flat the bank is at and how far away you need to be um, because you don't want to be landing your lure right on the bank every time but you also don't want to be that far away that your lure is landing in like five meters deep of water it takes forever to sink so try and distance yourself a full cast distance from the bank if you if and if you are just starting out and struggling with this casting into the darkness thing find one really nice bank it could be 200 300 meters long could be 100 meters long could be 50 meters long Work it really slowly. Don't worry about covering heaps of water. Just pepper it, move along a little bit, keep casting, move along a little bit, keep casting. Fish your lure down, fish different depths. So, might retrieve one right down low, one a little bit higher, one mid-water column. Try different lures and just feel the bottom. The bottom gives you confidence. Cast in, let it hit the bottom. So, this is why I highly recommend using a good graphite rod and braided line. And what I do in the dark, this is a super handy tip. Now, I don't know I don't know anyone else who does this actually, um, especially when it gets cold. We've got gloves on and things like that. And even in the, with these big, with a shorter rod, I used to didn't used to do this because you can feel with a shorter rod. But now with these big swim bait rods, it's actually hard to feel what's going on through them because they're so long, even with the braid. And when I cast in the dark, the boat might move a little bit. So the boat might be going towards the lure a little bit. It might be drifting left, it might, like just a tiny bit. And because in the what happens in the day is when you're allowing your lure to sink, when it hits the bottom, you see you get that belly in your line. You can see it. You get that belly. And even in the day, it, it, sometimes it can be hard to see because of the reflection off the water or if the boat's drifting or whatever's going on. In the dark, you don't get to see that. So to know when you're on the bottom, what I do is I'm right-handed. So I wind with, I wind with my right. So I've cast it in and I'm allowing it to sink. Now, when I'm allowing it to sink, it's in, engaged and I grab my right hand, take it off the real handle and put my finger or I, you can you can do it however you want, but I put a couple of fingers or one finger just on the top of the line right in front of the reel and I can feel it's taut and it's sinking, sinking, sinking and it ticks. As soon as it hits the bottom, it ticks and you feel it tick and you never miss that feel unless you've got super big thick gloves on. But I used to, I fish when it gets cold, um, I fish with a big glove on the left and I have like an inner thin glove on the right until it gets ridiculously freezing. When it gets that cold, I just guess when it's hit the bottom, just rough guess. But what I do is I feel, I stick my finger on the line and boom, it ticks. I'm on the bottom, cool. Then I flick it up off the bottom and start winding and might retrieve, you know, a few retrieves and put my finger back on the line and boom, and then I, and, it, and it ticks when it hits the bottom. And that way I don't have to concentrate and really think about when it's on the bottom. I don't even think at all. I just put my hand on there, boom, it's on the bottom, wind. And then I sort of can judge how deep it drops off and then I can be like, oh, there's a big drop off. That's taken ages to sink. And then boom, it hits the bottom or it doesn't at all. So that's how I fish in the dark. And by fishing like that in the dark, I actually naturally do it in the daylight now. And I don't even watch the belly in my line. I actually observe other things that are going on, like the bank, where we're moving to. I'm always looking around for different things. But in the night, you can't do that. So I just use that sense of feel on the braided line for when the lures hit the bottom. Obviously, if you're fishing top water, you don't do that. Um, if you're fishing swim baits mid water, I wouldn't do that either. I just wind and pause and let them sink a little bit and wind. But if you're fishing closer to the bottom, which I do a lot with plastics, um, and I want to feel the bottom and get there a couple of times in the retrieve, I'll just grab my right hand and sit my finger on the braid. So that's a handy little tip uh, that might help you in the dark. But you just got to have confidence in your spot. Try and use spot lock. Don't shine any lights around. Get your lures in. Fish a lure that you're confident with. And just persist. Now, if you, like I said, if, if you're new to it and if you just can't get your head around it, do it on a calm night. Get a glassed out night or go to a bank or a bay that's calm and go, right, I'm going to work this entire bay. I'm going to be confident in working it. I'm going to sit in the right depth. I'm going to cast forward in against the bank, swim my lures out and it's going to happen. You're going to get snagged. It's going to get in the way. Make sure you got a big tackle back to get your lures back and then come back out and reset. Snags can be a massive confidence killer in the day, but more so at night. But just don't worry. Go in, get it, come back out. Right, let's keep going with this. And I know it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard to get your head around, but you've got to have the right mindset. You got to expect to have some fishless trips, you know, and go right. Oh, that was alright. I learnt tonight. I learnt. I got the feel of my lure, you know. I'm I'm learning how to do this, um, and just push through that because it will come. And if you're keen on catching big cod, once it clicks, you'll be like, wow, that is so good. 
and fishing in the dark is tough and sometimes you will feel like you're fishing in the middle of nowhere but it's so much. The biggest thing that helps is seeing the water beforehand and understanding how it all works and where the points are. So, I'll cruise over an area with the electric, with the sounder and things like that. I don't like fishing an area that I haven't seen this with the sounder or seen with my own eyes because it helps to come up to a spot and go with a bit of moonlight, you go, right, okay, there's that point there. I know I need to cast out a bit wider here rather than casting it against the bank because it's shallow. I need to cast out wide before you've even got to it. And they're the little differences that make a massive difference in the end. So your flatter banks to your medium sloping banks are the the proper or the key ones to fish, try and avoid the steeper ones. Feeling your lure. So like I said, feeling that lure, making sure you got braided line, graphite rods, um, and even using that little trick to feel when your lures hit the bottom. That's that's very key. Also feel for when your line rubs over a stick or you're feeling a log and make sure you just don't pull too tight and just give it little flicks to flick it over. You've got to have confidence. That's another thing. Make sure you have confidence in your casts. And also with your casts, I, I do it myself and I think a lot of others would do it too, is in the dark because you can't see what's going on. You don't actually put as much power into your casts because you don't know where you're casting, but still cast with confidence, cast with power um, and still cast as if you would in the day. Try and get your distance away from the bank, right? As you you can hear, you'll hear if your lure doesn't land on the bank on the water. You go, all right, oh, either I put too much into that cast, or we need to back out a little bit. If you keep landing on the bank, you know you'll work out that you're too close to the bank. Um, follow your sound up, follow the sound of that. Don't go right. Oh, let's shine the light to see. Just go off what's going on. And when even when you snag, say I've cast and I've landed on the bank and it's stuck, or you've landed really shallow. So also casting and landing within a meter of the bank. Uh, can be dangerous too because with lures that have a bit of weight, they get jammed and snagged pretty quick. So you want to be, you know, a meter or two off the bank. And if you are landing on the bank, just cruise over there with the electric motor, go slow. And when you're getting very close to the bank, then shine your light very dimly in the very shallows of the water. Don't turn it on straight away. Even when I snag as well, I actually try if I've got a bit of moon, I actually try to use the moonlight to drive over to the lure. Get, just go slow, turn the get the tackle back on. If I can't quite see the line, I'll get the tackle back on close to the boat. Like I'll shine the light just in the boat with the light, drop the tackle back down and try and get it all off and do it all without a torch. And obviously if that doesn't work, then turn your torch on. But I'm not one to just turn it on straight away because obviously if it's a good area and you're working a good area, you don't want to spook fish. And another thing, you just need to have confidence with this style of fishing. Say, and I'm talking about cod here, but you could be targeting golden perch. You could be trolling for golden perch in the dark. Uh, you could be casting the shoreline um, of lakes for trout. And if you, you need to be confident with the technique that you're using in the day first. It, it's pretty straightforward. You need to be able to do your cast, fish your lure down deep, bounce over structure, wind, strike, land fish, you know, work a bank, drive a, drive a boat all in the low light period. So first of all, practice first light, practice at last light and, and get that down pat first. And if you, you, you can confidently fish in the daylight, that's when you want to start fishing in the dark. You can't just jump straight into fishing in the dark when you haven't had experience, say, doing all those things in the day. Now, like I said, I've touched on or I've referred to cod quite a lot in this. But this goes for fishing for goldens as well. Cod probably has the most technicalities to it. Um, if you are on a bank, say in a creek, I think we've touched on this a little bit in another episode at some stage. If I'm walking a creek for, say, cod on surface lures or a little small creek, um, say you're fishing for bass maybe in a creek, don't shine your light on the water. If you want to know where the bank is on the other side, shine your torch up high on the other side and try and hit the trees up high so you can sort of judge right oh, those trees are there all oh, this trees overhanging quite a lot then I'll cast it's really hard sometimes you have to get a little bit of light there but make sure you get a head torch that's dimmable and shine very little light even when I snag I'll just jiggle it for quite a while before I even shine the light on the water sometimes I've even just busted them off um the lures just bust them off time and you lure and keep fishing if it's a really good hole and I don't want to spook it. Um, so, yeah, they're just a little few tips. Be very light on your feet too because at night the fish are out looking for food. So, they are out um, and they will spook quite a lot, especially on a very quiet night. On a glassed out night, you even need to be very, very quiet with your talking very quiet and never run your electric motor fast. Just just in gear so it's just enough to move you along. Don't go 
five, say it's out of 10 speed, don't get up to five and six just to move quickly. Just go one and two, just move along slowly, then spot lock it if that's what you're doing or just kick it into gears, one and twos and just creep along. Do not move quick and do not bang around in the bottom of the boat because you'll think, you know, oh, we didn't catch anything, we didn't catch anything. But if you're doing those things, you're probably spooking the fish in the area because the water, the sound travels so much. And even talking loudly on a calm night will spook fish. When you've got a bit of wind and you've got the waves crashing in against the bank, that you, you, they're not going to hear you at all. The noise will be drowned out. But on a super glassy night, you'll be able to hear someone talking from 200, 300 meters away on the water, on the water's surface, like up above. That, war, that sound doesn't travel as well through the water, but it still travels through the water. So, you just need to be nice and quiet. Now, I know it's a bit hard, you know, it's it's hard to cover everything, but that's a good summary and, and we're going in quite a bit of depth there about handy techniques, tips, equipment, things to do that will help you fish in the dark. Confidence is key. And, and I can't stress enough knowing the waterway. If I was to go to a brand new waterway, I would be lost too. I'd be absolutely lost if I didn't know that this point come out on this bank that I was fishing in the dark and there was a big point that come around, I'd be casting too shallow. You know, it's just really hard. So pick a spot, check it out in the day, really check it out, do a couple of passes with the sounder, understand how it's fishing, how, how it works and then fish it. So then in the night, you kind of know where it curves where the bays are where the good spots are that is my biggest basically the one of the biggest things to success for myself and that's why we get a lot of success because we know where to put the lure and we know where the gullies are and what the banks are doing so that's basically a good summary a quick summary uh, in this podcast episode about fishing in the dark if you guys have any topics on anything you want us to talk about at all make sure you send them through that was awesome to hear from Hamish to say you know I love what you're doing with the podcast and you talk about fishing catching big cod in the dark but how do you do it like it's it's hard and it is hard so if you guys have any questions please send them through and we'll put them into the podcast. If we have some really good listener questions, that may just make up a whole episode like this one did here. But send through your listener questions because we do do episodes where we answer your listener questions um, and we want to hear from you guys and we want to hear what you want us to talk about. Also, if there's any particular people you want us to interview because next up in the very next episode, we have a super exciting interview. Really, really keen for this one. It's the first one I've done with two people at once. Um, it was over Skype, obviously, because of the whole COVID lockdown, but I tell you what, I'm excited to share the next episode with you. It's um, a couple of guys who are doing some really, really cool things in the cod fishing world, uh, and they're, they're catching some really, really big fish, so I'm keen to talk to them, but that's in the next episode. But yeah, just send them through, guys. Make sure, as always, you leave uh, a review for us, like the podcast if you do enjoy it, and also, get if you've got Instagram, do me a favor, screenshot your podcast app now and whack it up on your Instagram story and tag us um, and let us know what you think. I love to hear your thoughts, guys. Um, and if there's things we can do better, just make sure you let us know. We're going to try our best to get out as many episodes as we can. Obviously, uh, the last couple of weeks, we haven't had any come out, but we've been putting a lot of content uh, into the Social Fishing membership. So, if you guys want to support what we do, if you want to see what's inside the membership, there's a whole host of different articles, content, videos, maps. The social fishing maps are just unreal and we're trying to work through them as best we can, give you guys access to all sorts of information on access and camping and boat fishing spots and all sorts of different things on some of our major lakes. We only have a few to start with, but we are adding more as we go. The next few to come up are Mawela, which I'm working on currently, and then also we will have uh, Windermere and Burrenjuk coming out next. I'm planning a trip very soon to Wyangla, so we'll go up there and do Wyangla as well, and then over the summer and into next year, we'll look at places like UK been Lake Hume, uh, Copeton, and even start to work on some of the major rivers. So, guys, that uh, is that. Uh, also, one other thing for the membership, we have uh, the live Q&A tomorrow night. So, Wednesday, the 20th of May, we have the members live Q&A. So, each month, uh, if you didn't know, if you're not a member and you don't know, we do a live Q&A. So, we sit down. Um, last one was with Talos. This one's with me. We'll also get special guests on the live Q&A. You can shoot through your questions and basically, we'll answer them. We'll sit there on the night. We're live. You can shoot through whatever you want and we'll sit down and have a chat. It's, it's good fun. The last one was really good fun with Talos. It was... 
yeah, had an absolute ball. Um, and we've got another one tomorrow night. So I'm super keen to sit down with Chris and do that one. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening inside the membership, but we've also got plenty of articles on our website. And if you haven't already, jump on and sign up to the Freshwater Mini Series. Uh, it's totally free and there's some awesome content in the Freshwater Mini Series, including a giant cod that we caught last year um, and that might just get you a little bit pumped uh, for this winter once we all start to get out and fish again. Now, I've actually got a trip planned tonight to Blaring, so I'll get up there um, and give it a crack. I'm super excited to finally get back and hit the water. i um, been away for the last week or so, but I'll get up to Blaring and for everyone who's a member, I will have a report on Blaring dam uh, an update inside the membership so there will be a report tomorrow on blaring after our session see how we go uh, but yeah that's it for me for this episode guys that's episode 35 i really hope you enjoyed it once again hamish thank you for the question mate and i hope that gives you a little bit of an insight into what we do and how we fish in the dark and how you might hopefully you can pick up some tips to help you fish out there in the dark and anyone else who's interested in basically just learning a little bit more about it and a bit more confidence in fishing in the dark because I know it can be scary and it can be hard. So that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in episode 35 and I'll be back very soon uh, with another awesome interview for episode 36. Like I said, it is really cool. So keep an eye out for that one. Once again, guys, thank you for listening and tuning in to The Social fishing podcast.